everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are finishing out Amos. Amos is only nine chapters, so today we are reading Amos 6 through Amos 9. Um, it, if, if you're a huge uh, fan of books that feel really happy and really positive, <laughs> don't read this one. <laughs> Amos is probably not for you. It's a lot about judgment. Um, it's a lot about the coming day of the Lord. And I, I think it's really valuable. I encourage you to read it for yourself. Um, but as we finish out Amos, what, what was sticking out to you? Well, if I could find the page, I would love it. But uh, we are finishing out Amos. And I kind of thought that it might like get a little better, but it is all, it is all destruction. It's all um, the falling of Israel. Uh, but it's coming in the form of Amos, this prophet. And today when we were reading... Um, you hear the prophecy that is given or more of, I should say, more of the prophecy that is given to Israel. And in chapter seven, uh, Amos is calling out this man named Amaziah. And Amaziah is like the chief priest over Bethel, which is, give it, me a little bit. It's, it's, like, it's one of the centers of the false religion that right. Jeroboam sent up when he rebelled against Solomon. So this is, there There are golden calves and priests at Dan and mm-hmm. Bethel. So basically Bethel is like, it's so weird to me, one, because I whenever I hear the word Bethel, I always think of like really great, awesome things. And in this case, this is like the evil place. <laughs> so that's yeah. very strange, first and foremost, very much just like a weird ancient culture shock. But that being said, um, this is the place where they have basically, they've replaced God for something else. Like Jeroboam decided like, well, that's great. God's awesome. But we're doing this instead. We're worshiping this thing instead. So So that's pretty crazy, first of all. Just for a little context, you can remember back in, um, it would have been in Kings and in Chronicles, um, when Jeroboam rebelled against Rehoboam and Solomon um, he became the ruler of the northern tribes because of Solomon's sin, really. And he set up this false religion. And even the the Levites, like the true priests of God, they basically like fleed from the northern kingdom of Israel to go back to Judah. Um, so there, there has been some repeated like pushing out anybody that represents the true God in the northern kingdom. And that like the the center of the false religion with the golden calf and like the the false prophets is in Bethel and Dan. But at Bethel, this man named Amaziah, he is like the chief priest of this place, Bethel. Yeah. So Amos is speaking out against it and Amaziah like hears word of this and he accuses Amos like, "Hey, this guy's calling you out and he's saying that like you're going to die and that everything's going to be just dis- like be destroyed. Like this guy is really off. Um, but what's crazy here is in chapter seven, between verses 10 and 17, we kind of hear this like little exchange between both Amos and Amaziah, Amos, the prophet, Amaziah, the high priest of Bethel. And Amos says to him like, Hey, you're calling me out and saying that I'm like, totally off here and I'm thinking of myself I'm like self-seeking with my prophetic words but he's like in uh let's see in verse 14 it says then Amos answered and said to Amaziah 
I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but just a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from my flock, and the Lord said, go prophesy to my people. And what's crazy about this is like, you kind like when I think prophets, sometimes I get this in my head that it's like, all right, they were born and they grew up and they wanted to be a prophet. So they did it. Like God just plucked this one guy out of what he was doing in his normal everyday life and said, hey, you need to go and tell Israel that this is going to happen. Um, and when he does, I think it's funny because Amaziah has that same mentality that I do. Like this guy is just self-seeking. He thinks he's just, he's a prophet. He chose that for himself. And God is the one that has like taken him out of his very ordinary life to go and give this very prophetic, true message. And Amaziah is like, oh my gosh, you're just doing this all for yourself. He's like, no, no, like, I don't even want to, like, I don't necessarily even want to be here. I want to be back doing my job. And like, God told me to give you this message. So like, take it seriously. So that was kind of nuts to me. It, it is worth saying that Amos um, stands out as kind of unique in that there are many prophets of God who grew up as prophets of God. And Amos stands out mm -hmm. as a dude that was just a shepherd, um, which people would have like somewhat despised anyway. Um, just a shepherd who the Lord spoke to and was being obedient to the Lord. Well, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit. Like the, the duty of being a follower of the Lord, specifically in Amos's like position where he is like prophesying on behalf mm -hmm. of God, like, what weight and like it feels like such an incredible like burden to have to do this in a way because like you're coming out against what is very popular in the day you're coming out against like this humongous like machine of i don't even know false worship that everybody is following because it's like politically tied like there's so much bad stuff that is tied into this and Amos is the one and if you read yesterday's reading with us or listened to yesterday's reading like, this is not just the start of it. Like, he's already come out with, like, four chapters of judgment before this. And then today, like, even if you continue looking at chapter 7, like, he has visions. There are three visions on top of, like, insane prophecy that's just coming out of his mouth. I feel bad. Like, I wouldn't want to go to sleep at night because God only knows what he's going to show him next or that he's going to have to speak on um, on behalf of God's plan for the people of Israel. Uh, it is easy to read over this text and get the idea that Amos is like this one prophet running around saying these difficult things. But remember, we talked about yesterday how Amos was a contemporary of Isaiah who was saying similar things. Mm -hmm, there were other mm -hmm. prophets of the Lord who were saying similar things. So it. I think, though, but I put myself in in like yeah. in the story oh, yeah. of Amos like he is coming up against Jeroboam he is coming up against like this high priest of a very influential and yep. very well known place like and he's one guy yep. and like granted you said there are others that are like speaking out too but to me that would be like mm -mm, I am not going up there I am not saying those things yeah. it's scary but again i think that's that weight of like carrying the word of the lord you have to do it like, God told you to do it. You have to do it. But that would be very, very hard. Uh, one of the, the key texts to understanding Amos is it has to be Deuteronomy 28. Mm -hmm. And Deuteronomy 28 uh, basically talks about the blessings of being obedient to the Lord's law and curses for being disobedient to the Lord's law. What's funny about, I guess funny is not the right word, but... 
Ironic. Uh, the the blessings piece of Deuteronomy twenty eight is much smaller than yes. the cursings piece. Well, of I remember when we had read it before, and it was just like, oh shoot, like there's like I don't know fourteen verses of what's going to happen if you're obedient, and then like sixty of what happens if you're not. Like that's in, I remember reading that together, being like, oh man, they better. So, so what's like the time span between when that was well, said and this? Deuteronomy would have been written by Moses. Moses. Um, and the, Amos is obviously talking about Amos. So Amos, I think we talked about is <laughs> around 740. Um, there's a couple different possible dates for like Moses and the Exodus and stuff. Um, but you know, putting, putting super broad based numbers on it off the top of my head, you're talking like a thousand ish years. See, that's, I'm like... It is so, I think that could probably tap into a your part today for sure towards the end of the episode. But that whole point of don't forget, like, I think it was pretty clear to them when Moses came out and was like, hey, this is going to happen to you guys. Like, they still messed up, but it they've clearly come so far from that. And it's like, ugh, I, don't forget. I would say between, like, between Moses and in Deuteronomy and Amos, we're looking at, like, six hundred to a thousand years Mm -hmm. but like it's significant time um but we had talked about way back when we looked at deuteronomy that god established a suzerain vassal treaty with his people and that was basically like i am your king you are my people this is what i will do for you as my people if Mm -hmm. you obey me as your king and so what's happening in amos is the lord is unveiling that he is going to basically like trigger the um the disobedience part of that treaty and he actually says like i will wipe you out completely Mm -hmm. like there will be no trace and you will be gone when it starts out kind of with like if you will like a a soft punishment where it's like i'm gonna send locusts to kill off and eat off your relents the land is what happens first and you actually see that in our reading today I don't remember, is it chapter five or chapter six? It does talk about how like God is like simultaneously as the fields are growing, he's like raising up this like army of locusts to come out and eat everything away. Like the land is a part of those original curses that we read about in in Deuteronomy as well. It also talks about um, the walls, the walls coming down in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 52, it says, they shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land. And like Amos talks about that. He talks about a plumb line, right? The plumb line is basically like this tool that was used to make sure that your walls were standing completely straight up and down. And it could see over time if it had settled correctly or if it was leaning one way or the other. And he's like, hey, they're going to fall down because you will be taken over as part of your disobedience. The plumb line is probably one of the more famous images of this book. And it's basically this idea that, yes, what you talked about, like the wall is either straight or it's falling over. Mm-hmm. Um, people would have also understood that the plumb line was the priests. So the the priests were designed to be the people who evaluated the nation mm-hmm. and said, hey, you're leaning this way. You're it's leaning this way. Yes. You're so Amos in some ways is functioning as a, a plumb line, saying mm-hmm. you guys are out of plumb here. Um, also, when Jeroboam way back in right after Solomon, when he threw all the priests or allowed all the priests to leave the northern kingdom of Israel, 
they were left without a plumb line. And they were kind of like diving headfirst into appreciating themselves Mm -hmm. instead of appreciating what the Lord had revealed. Uh, Well, as we keep going in chapters, let's see, chapter eight, I believe it is. Um, Might be like towards the end of seven and eight. Basically, what's happening is Amaziah, and I don't, I don't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, also Jeroboam, I think, were just like, hey, you need to get out. Like, get out of here and go prophesy down in Judah, because you're definitely not talking about the right place up here. Like, they're, they're actually giving him a chance to run away. They're like, go to Judah. They might appreciate you more. You'll be safe there. But how crazy is that, though? Like, how often do we do that today? Like, when you hear something you don't like... And, like, somebody's, like, trying to speak into your life. It's very easy to reject and be like, listen, I don't need your help. I don't need your, like, spiritual whatever. Like, it's very interesting to me how that is still very much a problem for us today. And it was definitely a problem then. Like, get out of here. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Go prophesy to somebody else who clearly needs it more than we do. So interesting. Yeah. Um, We have been talking a lot about destruction. (laughs) It would be unfair if we didn't recognize that there are four verses at the very end about (laughs) restoration. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Um, So God basically says, like, you will be judged and you will be destroyed. Like this giant... Five. There's five verses. five. My mistake. (laughs) Um, This giant temple that is the the temple of Israel and Judah will be destroyed. Um, but the booth of David will be raised up. What does that mean, booth? Well, so if you look at temple, that would be huge. If you think about booth, that would be tiny. So like okay. a booth would be like a tent. Um, the Feast of Booths is when all the people stay in tents. Yeah, okay. That's so very helpful. It, Thank you. It's really interesting imagery <laughs> because I think that people would have had an idea of God originally was in the tabernacle, which was a kind of booth. Mm -hmm. And now there's this giant temple, which is this huge, opulent, giant structure. And so I think it is some of that, like looking forward to God's restoration of this tiny piece. And ultimately, I think that restoration is Jesus. Like Jesus is Mm -hmm. this, um, what people thought to be very weak restoration. I think it's one of those deals where there's a near-term fulfillment and a long-term fulfillment. The people will return from exile. It'll be a much smaller group of people and it'll be a much um, tinier remnant, but they will have in their minds to be faithful to the Lord. And ultimately, all of this will be completely restored um, by the eternal kingdom that is being ushered in by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that is Jesus. So that every nation and every tongue will confess um, that Jesus is Lord and we come under the kingship of God. Mm-hmm. So Amos is a wild book, guys. I always, always, always read it for yourself. Uh, listen to us read it if you need to, but it is really interesting. And I think we are like, as believers, we really miss out if we skip these books. I think you, you miss out on a part of who God is. You miss out on a part of what our Christian history is. Or even understanding the context, yep. too, because sometimes you read, if you just pop the book open of, of Amos with no context of why he's even saying these things, it's like, wow, God is terrible. Like, he's just going to kill everybody, I guess. But knowing the background and the history of, like, all these thousands of years of disobedience and, like, whoring after all these other false gods... God has given ample opportunity yep. and many prophets just like step in and say, you got to turn this around. You have to stop. Uh, and they just choose not to. So 
crazy. So we will be back again tomorrow. We're jumping into Second Chronicles, and um, we're going to be rounding out that book uh, soon as well. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Amos chapter six. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria the notable men of the first of the nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kalna and see, and there go to Hamath the great, then go to Gath the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms, or is their territory greater than your territory? O you who put far away the day of disaster and bring near the seat of violence. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore they shall now be the first of those who go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves out shall pass away. The Lord God has sworn by himself, declares the Lord the God of hosts, I abhor the pride of Jacob, and I hate his strongholds, and I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. And if ten men remain in one house, they shall die. And when one's relative, the one whom anoints him for burial, shall take him up to bring the bones out of his house, and shall say to him who is in the innermost parts of the house, Is there still anyone with you? He shall say no, and he shall say silence. We must not mention the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord commands, and the great house shall be struck down into fragments, and the little house into bits. Do horses run on rocks? Does one plow there with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. You who rejoice in Lodabar, who say, Have we not by our own strength captured Karnim for ourselves? For behold, I will raise up against you a nation. O house of Israel, declares the Lord, the God of hosts, and they shall oppress you from Labo Hamath to the brook of Arabah. Chapter 7 This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, he was forming locusts when the latter growth was just beginning to sprout, and behold, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. When they had finished eating the grass of the land, I said, O Lord God, please forgive. How can Jacob stand? He is so small. The Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be, said the Lord. This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, the Lord God was calling for a judgment by fire, and it devoured the great deep and was eating up the land. Then I said, O Lord God, please cease. How can Jacob stand? He is so small. The Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, said the Lord God. This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never pass by them. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, 
sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go flee away to the land of Judah, and eat bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel, and do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus says the Lord, Your wife shall be a prostitute in the city, and your sons and your daughters shall fall by the sword, and your land shall be divided up with a measuring line, and you yourself shall die in an unclean land, and Israel shall surely go into exile away from its land. Chapter 8 This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, The end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day, declares the Lord God. So many dead bodies, they are thrown everywhere. Silence. Hear this, you who trample on the needy, and bring the poor of the land to an end, saying, When will the new moon be over, and when will we sell grain? And the Sabbath, that we may offer wheat for sale, that we may make the ephah small and the shekel great, and deal deceitfully with false balances, that we may buy the poor for silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals, and sell the chaff of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, Surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Shall not the land tremble on this account, and every one mourn who dwells in it, and all of it rise like the Nile, and be tossed about and sink again like the Nile in Egypt? And on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon, and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentations. I will bring sackcloth on every waist, and baldness on every head. I will make it like the morning for an only sun, and the end of it like a bitter day. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east, They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. In that day the lovely virgins and the young men shall faint for thirst. Those who swear by the guilt of Samaria and say, As your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. Chapter 9 I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Strike the capitals until the thresholds shake and shatter them on the heads of all the people, and those who are left of them I will kill with the sword. Not one of them shall flee away, not one of them shall escape. If they dig into Sheol, from there shall my hand take them. If they climb into heaven, from there I will bring them down. If they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search them out and take them. And if they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. And if they go into captivity before their enemies, there I will command the sword, and it shall kill them. And I will fix my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. The Lord God of hosts, 
He who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell in it mourn, and all of it rises like the Nile and sinks again like the Nile of Egypt, who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and founds his vaults upon the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them upon the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. Are you not like the Cushites to me, O people of Israel, declares the Lord? Did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, and the Philistines from Kaftor, and the Syrians from Ker? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon this sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the surface of the ground, except that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, declares the Lord. For behold, I will command and shake the house of Israel among all the nations, as one shakes with a sieve, but no pebble shall fall to the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, who say disaster shall not overtake meet us. In that day I will raise up the booth of David that is fallen, and repair its breaches, and raise up its ruins, and rebuild it in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.